minded, we were blinded Looking for peace without Jesus, we can't find it Ministry minded, we were blinded Looking for peace without Jesus, we can't What up, what up, what up, what up How y'all doing? Welcome to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance I hope you love it, I hope it blesses you More importantly, I hope it gets you closer to God Enjoy What's going on, y'all? It's your man, Anthony, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance. This, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the, this marks the beginning of a new series, which is about faith, thus called the faith series, and, um, I'm gonna take it from a couple different perspectives throughout this, um, <clears throat> um, but yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't foresee this being a, a great big deal, but I, again, kind of like the last series where I was talking about grace through a different perspective. Oh, excuse me. As I was talking about grace through a different perspective, at some point, I think I'm going to do that with faith through here, but <clears throat> nonetheless, let's get, let's get it cracking. So I'm going to start off. With reading Matthew 7, 25 through 29. And it says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and turns and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey is, is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. <clears throat> when the rains fl- and floods come, the winds beat against the house and it will collapse with the mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. And for he taught with the real authority, quite unlike any other teachers of religious law. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I want to start off with that, you know, basically saying that the foundation, we got to build our, our faith on a solid foundation. That's what this Bible verse is talking about. That's, I want to start with that piece because if we don't, if we don't have a solid foundation for faith, period. Uh, excuse me. So let's say this. This to me, this this scripture is key to having faith. I believe this is a key component to having faith. Without building on this foundation, it's hard to have faith for anything, for that matter. So if if one is to have faith in their car working. You have to have built that on a foundation. <clears throat> Obviously, it would be one that I go in, my car starts. And that's the foundation. But, you know, even people who have faith in in money, 
even that faith is built on a on a solid foundation. You have to believe that <clears throat> that that money is going to be a blessing, is going to help, is going to do whatever it is you are asking it to do. That foundation is built on something solid. It's not a whimsical foundation. You know, it's not like a. I kind of think money will help me. But then I kind of don't. <clears throat> so if people, wherever people's faith is in, there has to be a strong foundation built around that. You have to have it. You got to have your that faith based on solid foundation. Much like, I mean, so in, in the instance of these verses, Jesus is saying that build it on the rock. So let's use that that uh, analogy with 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 faith you know like for the housing piece especially here in Colorado with bedrock I mean but let's let's talk about in places like in Cali where they have all these earthquakes you know these buildings withstand <clears throat> these earthquakes for the most part you know, obviously not always does it happen that way, but for the most part, these buildings withstand these earthquakes because they were built on solid foundation. Now, also, you know, it's, it's how they built it going up, which is another, another key, another piece to, you know, our faith. We have to build it on the right foundation. It's got to start with the foundation. We got to dig in <clears throat> to that solid foundation to get the root set so that we can build up. And when we build up, we got to build up with the right material. Otherwise, our foundation will come crashing, much like these buildings. They build they, they build skyscrapers, even here in Denver. They build skyscrapers with that steel that, that sways with the wind. So it doesn't snap when the wind kicks up. Because if they didn't, even if they built it on the right foundation, but they didn't build up properly... Once the storm came, it would snap and the building would collapse. Well, that's much like our faith. In in order for us to have faith, we, one, have to be on solid, on that solid foundation, excuse me. And two, we've got to build it with the right stuff. We got to have the right material going up. As a Christian, that material is, is scripture. You know, that material is listening to the Holy Spirit. These are the right materials to build up so that this faith continues to grow and prosper. And much like the building that's built on with with the wrong material, if we build it on the wrong material, our faith snaps and collapses. And now, excuse me, and now we are, um, in a place of not having faith, which, depending on the situation and where you're at in your walk, could could be the difference of I'm continuing to follow God, or now things are not going the way I want. I'm walking away. Um. So I, I don't want to press that. I do want to. I wanted to start the series out with talking about that foundation, though. Jesus, what Jesus is saying in this is build your foundation of faith 
based on me. He's he's the rock in which he's referring to in this parable. <clears throat> Build your foundation of faith on me. I am the rock. I am sturdy. I am that good ground and I will help you build it up with the proper means, the proper material so your faith will withstand the storms that are coming. And, and trust me, the storms are coming. <laughs> Sometimes more often than we want. But those storms are coming. <clears throat> now, I, I do want to add with uh, another piece that I want to add with this. Um, is the kind, you know, when speaking on, oh, excuse me. We're speaking with that faith part. I want to add these, this piece that um, I'll give you a little backstory on. And I, so I have two Bible verses, and I could use more than these two, but <clears throat> I'm going to just use these two to drive home my point of what I'm going at when, when, when speaking on these storms. But um, so I have had. Um, I guess for lack of a better word, an attack on faith. Uh, I've been struggling with some um, religious mindsets that I grew up hearing um, as compared to teachings of what God is saying. That you know that that are biblical, ba- bib- biblically based, biblically. There we go. I can I can talk, y'all. Bible backs these statements, and this scriptural, <clears throat> the things that God is saying for us. Some of the things that <clears throat> you know that um, that God gave man the earth to run the earth, or that we've been given authority and power over the enemy, that we are victorious, um, <clears throat> we are victors, you know, that we are stewards over the earth that God gave us, that, you know, we can speak to the, our mountains and tell them to go into the sea, and if we believe that, that they will go. Now, I didn't give you all these scriptures <clears throat> that state these but these are all me paraphrasing scripture. <clears throat> um, and the point of that is that these are things that God says to us <clears throat> about our walk in life. And um, that's not necessarily what we were taught, those of us who went to church as children. Um, we were often taught that God is in control that God does everything and that we just need to essentially listen to what he not, not, not wait for him to do whatever it is he wants to be done and we have a lot of people who <clears throat> have waited on God to do something and nothing has happened and they were upset at God because nothing happened what they were waiting on. 
reminds me of the story that <clears throat> I'm sure you've heard, but I'll say it anyway. The, the, there's the, a guy that's in a flood, you know, there's a flood, and the guy is trapped on this island of, we'll say, rubble. And the flood waters are rising, and this man prays to God, and he says, God, please rescue me. Excuse me. And a boat comes, and the guy says, hey, come on, man, get on the boat. And the dude says, no, I'm good. I uh, pray to God, God's going to God's gonna save me. And so he goes, and then another boat comes, and the guy goes, come on, man, let's get on the boat. We're, we're here to save you. And the man says, no, no, no. I can't do that. I pray to God. I'm waiting for God to save me. And finally, a helicopter comes because the, the waters are getting that high. And um, the guy, you know, they let the ladder down. They said, come on, man, we're trying to save you. And the guy goes, no, man. No, I'm good. God's going to save me. And then the waters get too high and he drowns and he dies. He goes to heaven and he's mad at God. And he's like, well, why? Why didn't you save me? And God says, well, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What more did you want me to do? And that, 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 when I heard that, that was kind of a, I'm going to, if I'm going to be 100 about it, it messed with me at first because I was brought up with a lot of that ritual, that religious rhetoric, ritual, ritualistic talk that, you know, like I said, God's in control. God does this. You know, you got, you, um, in order to see something, you got to wait for God to do this miracle and you have to have God do this and God, this, God, this, God, this, God, this, God, this. And now with different minute, different pastors that I'm listening to, mine included, <clears throat> I'm hearing things like, if you want to do something, you got to have faith in God, but you got to put action to it, which in the Bible says faith without works is dead. What does that mean? That basically is saying if you have faith for something and you do nothing for it, it's no good. I can say I can say I have faith that my car is going to start when I go outside. But if I don't ever go outside and start the car, that's not faith. That's just that's just me making a, a statement, a blanket statement. That will never be proven or disproven because I won't go and do the action connected to that statement. So the Bible says faith without works is dead. But a lot of us were taught like that guy on the rubble that if I pray to God, that God's going to come down and open the doors of heaven and rain down. And it's like, oh, here, my son, I will get you. And, you know, we're waiting for this uber miracle which this is not to say that God doesn't do miracles, you know, it's not like that God doesn't do big things to come through. But sometimes the Holy Spirit is saying to you, don't smoke that cigarette. That way you don't have to come to me for a miracle when you have cancer. Or the Holy Spirit is saying, <coughs> stop drinking like that. You drink too much. If you keep this up, it's going to damage your liver. And we pray for people who are in, who have lung cancer, who have cirrhosis of the liver, and it doesn't happen. And we're like, well, God, why? 
And again, God's like, well, I told them to stop. They didn't stop. You know, or I mean, it doesn't have to be so dire, you know. And these are just examples I'm using because these are examples that I have seen happen. And these are examples that I know will will talk to people. I um, have another. um, I'm going to be coy with this because I didn't ask for permission to, to speak about this. So I'm going to be coy. And those of you who know. I pray, I pray forgiveness for me sharing this story as I'm about to share it. And I pray that you're okay with this. But it fits with what we're talking about. <clears throat> I know of an individual who was going to uh, go fishing. <clears throat> this individual was hell-bent on going to this certain lake to go fishing. Well, there were five or six different things, maybe seven, to stop this individual from going to the lake, mind you. One of them looked like it was like a messed up, you know. I'm I'm purposely not going into detail because I didn't ask for permission to say this. But basically, there were all these different things that happened along the way that were stopping individuals from getting to this lake. And even once getting to the lake, there was stuff to stop individuals from getting out on the lake. And individual went on the lake and this individual drowned. And the first thing that people want to say is, why God? Why didn't you save this individual? And God is saying, what do you mean? I told this individual seven different times not to go here. But what more do you want me to do? So I use this and I love you. I love you. Please forgive me. I hope I hope you hear my heart. If you hear this, that's why I shared this, because this goes this goes with what I the, the with what I'm saying with faith. <clears throat> so many different times God is intervening, but we have been taught this religious religious rhetoric that God will do some forceful, wonderful, overbearingly powerful miracle to get us to stop. Like I'll use me. I am addicted to sugar. I am addicted to sugar. I, I, I do not, I'm not even trying to hide that. I'm not trying to make light of it. I, I, I am literally addicted to sugar. I freaking love sugar. <clears throat> now, God has on more than one occasion told me, you, you better chill with that. You better chill with that. You're doing too much. You might, you, you want to stop. Why? Because I know people who didn't and ended up with type 2 diabetes and their whole life changed and they didn't necessarily die but their whole lifestyle changed and God is like do you want that to be you 
Now, I would like to tell you that I had this epiphany when God said that. And I was like, nah, you know, I'm not going to do sugar. I'm, it's something, I'm still fighting. So I'm not being judgmental with what I'm saying. I'm telling you, this is something that I'm struggling with right now. <clears throat> I don't want to be diabetic. I don't want to have to live a lifestyle, you know, that that comes with being, di- you know, diabetic. I've seen what it does to family. I've, in fact, diabetes not taken care of properly took my aunt from us. I don't want to be that. So God is telling me, God told me, hey, you might want to start going to the gym. This was 10, 10 something years ago, but God told me, you might want to start going to the gym. You might want to start exercising. You might want to start doing something more than what you're doing because you have terrible eating habits and you're not doing anything. And there was a while where I was like, ah, whatever. But I finally listened to that. And I'm sure there are a lot of things that I've avoided because I now exercise. Uh, you know, and I, 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 I've i been doing so. Wow, I think it has been about 10 years now. At least eight. Eight years consistently. I go to the gym five days a week and I've recently started incorporating other exercises over the weekend because I heard God tell me you want to be active when you're in your 60s and your 70s you don't want to have your body falling apart you might want to start exercising now so you don't have to do certain things later I listened to that. And I believe one of the things that has helped me is boosted my immune system. So I don't get sick like everybody else does. There was a a stomach bug that went through my house. This, as I'm recording this, this is June 4th. Yes, because tomorrow's Maya's birthday. I'll say happy birthday on here so everybody can hear. Happy birthday, Maya. Um, it's June 4th as I record this, so the it wasn't the last weekend, but the weekend before that, <clears throat> some stomach bug went through my house. In fact, there was things we were supposed to be doing that didn't happen because it affected everybody. It didn't affect me, <clears throat> I, and, you know, it didn't affect my son. Now, I, I, I mean... I can't tell you why it didn't affect him. I mean, he stayed away. You know, God protected him. Maybe he prayed about it. I don't know. But I could tell you, I have two reasons why I know it didn't affect me. One, God told me years ago to get to be in to be exercising, to uh, be mindful of you know taking you know just taking better care of myself, which boosts my immune system. Two, soon as I heard someone say stomach bug, I said, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That ain't going to happen to me. And you know what happened? It did not happen to me. Not because I'm special. Not because, I, you know, I am. I did something better than the rest of my family who caught it. But because the instant I caught that, <clears throat> I said, no, 
I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you what. I, there were times where sim- I felt symptoms coming. And I said, nope, I reject that. I rebuke that. No, Satan, I do not own that. I am not. And you know what happened? I never got it. I didn't have vomiting and, you know, coming out the other end. I, I wasn't feverish and cramped and in pain. You know, I felt some pain going. I spoke against it. You know, my stomach would start gurgling. I spoke against it. Why? Faith. Not because I'm better than anybody in my house, but because I used faith. I spoke action. I spoke these words. So like Mark 11, 23 says, speak to your mountains and tell them to go away into the sea. And if you say this and you believe it with your heart, it will happen. So I spoke to that. that. That was a mountain in front of me. I spoke to it. And you know what? It went away. So not only was I speaking something, you know, it wasn't me just throwing words out there, but it was me speaking, taking the action. And thus we see the results, the manifestation of that. Now, to tie back to what I was saying with the, with the exercise, if I didn't listen to God years ago when he told me to start working out, I could be, I could have heart issues, diabetes, body issues. I mean, who knows? But these are things that I avoided by listening to God. And putting my faith in what he said into action. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I got this down in every aspect of my life. I'd be I'd be straight up lying to you if I said that. In fact, there's a lot there are areas that I'm still working on to this day. Excuse me, that I struggle with and I'm still going through some things tied to that, which kind of leads me to where I wanted to go um, with these couple Bible verses. And so again, if I'm being 100 with you, the statement I'm about to make came to me when I was upset. Like I said, I've been dealing with uh, real with um, religious Religious talk, you know, from when I was growing up, I've been dealing with that, (laughs) you know, and and God saying that I needed to put forth action in order to make things change in my life. So I've been struggling with that and pride that comes up often has me upset because there are some things that I believe should be differently but I didn't necessarily put in as much effort into these things as I should have and because of that things are not where they are and so pride kicks in and I'm upset because I'm not where I should be in my head 
I should be further along in life with, with different aspects of my life than I am. And so I'm frustrated. And I'm hearing these messages about faith and that frustrates me. And then I get frustrated because I'm frustrated about <laughs> being frustrated. Sounds weird. Sounds funny. But I, I mean, I'm I'm being honest. So I know better than to be mad because I know what God says. And yet here I am mad about this because I think, well, I know you said this, God. But I've done this. So why isn't what you said here and here? Leaving out that there are certain aspects of my walk of faith that I haven't added into here. Which leads me to what revelation I got. So I was upset when I got this and I spoke this to to my wife. And I said, you know, one of the big things I found about Christianity is. I said, you know, how did I word it? I said, I found that being a Christian means that you have to do these two things and that in order to be considered a good Christian and I said one is keep your head up regardless of what's going on and two is wait now I was upset when I said this because we were going through some things and I didn't want to count it as joy I was upset and then I hear messages saying, well, when the storms come, just wait. God is going to come through on the other side. I'm not going to go deep into that right now because that's a different episode. So I'm just going to say that piece and move forward. So I hear these. Uh, just just hold on. God's going to come through. And so I hear these and I'm furious. Like, oh, screw that. That's stupid. I'm, it's always this. It's always this. And then these these verses come to me and I'm going to read both of these verses. One I can quote without reading, but I'm going to just read it so I don't so I don't anthemify it. That was funny. Galatians 6 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. Every time, every single time I am faced with something and I'm, I'm going through, I'm doing something, whether it be for God, whether it be, you know, whatever, righteousness, God tells me to do something, I'm doing it. And it's not going the way I think it should. And that weary sets in and I'm like, why am I doing this? This is dumb. I just don't want to do it. That verse comes up. And I would tell you that every time I hear it, I'm like, yay, thank you. But my response is usually, why are you telling me this? Why, why, why are you making me wait? Why are you making me wait? Why are you making me wait? And then here's another verse that is, that comes in conjunction with that. And it's Romans 8.28. And Romans 8.28 says... And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. So what do these two verses have in common? <clears throat> One is saying, do good. Don't get sick of doing good. Hold your course. 
If you just hold your course, you'll see the harvest. The other one is saying bad things are going to happen. But if you keep the right mentality, you keep the right attitude and the right focus, God will make these bad things work together for your good. So what did I tell you? These two these two big things that I got was keep your head up despite what's going on around you and wait. Now, again, when I heard these, I was frustrated by them. I was mad. I don't want to, you know. So one of the things we went through was on May 21st. No, correction. That's what they put. On May 22nd, my dog died. Um, we had the, long story short, he had a cancerous sac around his heart. And it caused him to go into cardiac arrest. And he was slowly dying. And I was watching him slowly die. And we took him in. They said there was nothing that could be done about it. So Teresa and I had to make a choice. We had to choose to either put him down. Or to just go home and hope for the best. And I was watching my dog for hours. And there was a point where... It's hard to explain unless you're an animal person. Me and Crypto had this interaction and he let me know that he wasn't alright. And so I made peace with knowing that he was getting ready to go. Now this didn't make it easy when it happened, but I, from this interaction we had, I knew that I had to get my heart right because he was getting ready to go. Fast forward to when we're at the at the hospital, you know, we're at the, the emergency room for the for the animals, and they were saying, "Hey, there's nothing we can do." I'm angry because I thought. I should have had more time with, with, with crypto. I'm angry because I have to make a choice that I've never had to make in my life. I have to make a choice. Do I keep him alive and try to drag this on as long as possible, which they were saying was hours at best. And there was a procedure we could have had done, which was an $1,800 procedure, which might have bought us more hours or at the longest, a couple weeks. Do I do that because my family and I don't want to lose him? Or do I go ahead and put him to sleep because he's suffering and the inevitable is happening? Now, this is a hard thing for me to deal with. And I'm not, I'm, I'm sure people have made harder decisions. Good for you. I'm not trying to belittle that. And I'm also not, I don't want people saying, well, that's it. This was hard for me and my family. This was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life. Because somebody's life is in the balance of a choice that I made willingly. I'm sure in the past I made choices that have affected people's lives, but it was unbeknownst to me. 
I had to make this choice right now. Do I do this and and get him, stop him from suffering? Or do I not do this just so we can feel better and embrace more time? So I'm struggling with this. Of course, we chose to, to put him to sleep. And my boy, he's so, he's so worried. He was such a good boy. He even, when they put the first injection in, which was to give him, calm him down, just to give him a sedative, he was supposed to be relaxing. He jolts his head up and he looks at me, concerned. And I grabbed his face. I said, it's okay. You can relax. We're okay. We're good. And he looked at me and then he put his head down. That's how good my boy was. Now, the second one obviously was for him to to uh, for the, to stop his heart. Now, I can tell you this because I can see the positive in it now as I'm talking. I see that my dog, my boy, my son showed his love so much that when he was supposed to be out of it, he was supposed to be out of it. He wasn't supposed to be moving. His last thoughts were, are you okay? He wasn't even thinking about him. He was thinking about me and the family. So much so that he jolts his head up, which is more than, at that point, more than he had done in hours. You know, he was, he was deteriorating. He was getting worse. And with all this sedative in him, he jolts his head up to check on and make sure we're all right. And then once I told him, we're all right, he then puts his head down and rests. I don't care who you are. That is a blessing. Because I got to have that interaction with him to let him know. Because before he let me know. And now I get to have this interaction with him to make sure. So, so he knows, hey, man, it's good. We're good. Go to you can rest. That's a blessing because not often do we get that. I didn't get that opportunity with my dad. I didn't get that opportunity with my sister. I didn't get that opportunity with, with my, with Casio, with my boy. None of those, none of those. And these are, these are three, um, incidences, three deaths that greatly affected me. I didn't get to have that moment with any last with any of them. They passed. I was nowhere around. In fact, I didn't even know, even though my father had cancer, I was in a uh, oblivious because of that whole religious thing that I was talking about, thinking that everything was good. My dad had made peace long before that, that he was ready to go. In fact, he said it. I just wouldn't listen to what he was saying because I was stuck on the, well, you know, religions, my religious rhetoric says this and everything's going to be all good. Dad, you're going to be good. I wasn't thinking about him. I was thinking about me. So with these other three, I didn't get to experience this form of peace, knowing that I was there at the end and letting and him letting me know that he was more worried about me and my fa- me and the family than he was himself as he was passing. That is one of the reasons why I'm okay with talking about this and not breaking breaking up and crying about it. Because I finally got that 
revelation. So how does that tie to what I was saying? God will make, you know, so he causes everything to work out for the good of those who love him. I finally got the peace. I finally got to understand that peace of being there when the loved one was okay, was, was passing, I'm sorry. And I finally got to experience the not being, not the not, how do I word this? I finally got to experience it without the regret of saying I should have been there. I should have done that. You know what I'm saying? I, if I had just went, because I thought that with my dad, with my sister, and with Casio. Man, if I had just went, I could have saw them that one last time. I finally got to experience that. And I'm not going to say that I wasn't sad after crypto passed away. Of course I was sad. I cried. That was my boy. But I got that peace. And it's a wonderful thing to experience that peace of knowing, hey, I was there. We got to spend some quality time. He knew he got to be there with with those who loved him. He got to feel that love as he transitioned. And I got to have that interaction with him of, 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 of us communicating that one last time of letting him know we're all right. I would love to have had that with my dad, with my sister, with, with, with Cassio. But I don't, I, I don't, I don't have the regret that I have with those other, those three, you know, I chose to not go see my dad the day before he died because I was playing Madden, you know, like, like who does that? And I lived with that for years. But here on this side, I get to say that I was there. So God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. It gave me the peace that I had been looking for with experiencing people passing that I didn't even see until I started recording this very message. I didn't know this. (laughs) So let me tell you how good God is. Faith, as I'm sitting here talking to you, all of this revelation is coming upon me. I hadn't even, I had never spoke this. Didn't even know. But that's what that verse is saying. It's given me the peace that I have never got to have, got to experience. I know of some of the people cooking near and dear to me who were there when their loved ones passed on. I was like, I've never experienced that. I, I'm, I'm envious. Now I've experienced it. You can say what you want. You can say it was just my dog, but that dog was my son. So that was a big deal to me and my family. I lost a son that day. But we got to be with each other. We got to communicate. And he got to let me know, hey, man, I'm worried about you. And I got to tell him, no, don't worry about me. You rest. So. Wow, I didn't expect to go on that tension with that. But it's good the revelation God gives because, again, wow. Anyway, whoo. So, 
these two verses. So I, I, I pointed on the one that's saying, hold your course, keep your head up. God makes things work out. For anybody who doesn't understand what that verse is saying, what I just told you, there's an example of what that means. Now, as for the the one where it says, don't get weary in well-doing, which I'm saying it in the King James now, but because I memorized it. Don't get weary in well-doing, for in due season, you will reap the benefits if you faint not. Basically, keep pushing through if you're doing things for the kingdom, if you're doing things for the rights, for righteous sake, for him, you know, for right reasons, keep pushing through regardless of what's going on. Just keep pushing through. Excuse me. If you hold on, you will reap the benefits. That has bothered me for years. And as I'm saying this, I'm not going I'm not telling you I had this big, I finally don't, you know, it still touches that uh, spot where I'm like, but I don't want to wait, but that's the flesh. And that's a problem we have with faith, our flesh. So, excuse me. I have seen this play out in my life and other people's lives. I have seen, well, I just did a podcast on it, so that's what I'm going to do. Amaya was so worried about how she was going to graduate her sophomore year. It was hard. Dad, I don't get this. I don't understand why I need to do this. I can't do this. I'm not going to get through this. I'm not going to graduate. I don't get it. This is, you know, these are the conversations she had. And do you know, without quoting Galatians 6, 9, I might have actually, but not, not always, but I don't just hold on. Just keep going. If you, if you keep pressing, you'll see it'll work out. You'll see the harvest. What is the harvest? She graduated. And do you know her, her final year? was not a highly stressful year because she changed her mentality her junior year. And, I mean, there were things she had to do, obviously, but she was not sitting there weeks before saying, oh my God, I'm not going to graduate. Oh my God, I'm not going to graduate because she had taken care of what she needed to take care of because she didn't fall off. She didn't faint. She had one class. She's like, Dad, this class is hard. I was like, you'll be fine. You'll do it like everything else. And you know what? She took that on and guess what? She was good. So an example of that playing out is her story about going up to graduation. But I mean, I could use several of mine. And if they come up as I'm doing these, I'll share that. I'm not, I'm, I'm trying It's not about me. Even though I am recording this podcast, it's not about me. It's about God getting his message out. So I would tell you stuff about me because I'm I'm trying to be transparent. But I'm going to also tell you about other people and their victories. So that's that verse playing out. So I can say to you the statement that I said about God saying, keep your head up despite what you're going through and and wait 
That is a part of being a Christian. But I can tell it to you now with this with this spin or this shift, this shift in focus, this shift of, you know, repentance of, of the way I thought about it. Instead of seeing it as, oh my God, this sucks. Why are you doing this? Gah! I could say, hey, you know what? I've seen it play out. I've given you two examples of how it played out. And yes, if you're going if, if you're going to walk the Christian faith, the Christian life, you're going to have to learn that you need to keep your head up when going through things because you're going to go through them. And if you build it on the solid ground, the solid foundation, he will get you through it and he will make it to where it works out to your good if you stay coarse if I love you Jesus I follow you I believe you he will make the bad things happen work out to your good as well as he will tell you look you didn't quit now here's the benefit of you not quitting because um, another bible verse I'm going to paraphrase God rewards those who diligently seek him I probably didn't even paraphrase. I think I quoted that verbatim. But <clears throat> so there is a reward for us as Christians. It's not like we do all this stuff and there's never any benefit from it. Now, that's not the reason we do it. But the analogy that my pastor gave is you use a, a water hose to water the, the grass to get water from the, the spigot to the grass. The grass needs that water for nutrients to grow. It's not meant for the hose per se, but the hose gets that same water as it's going through. So the hose gets wet as much as the grass gets wet. So if we are if we're being a blessing, we are going to get blessed. And that's what that is. So I'm going to go ahead and end this series, this series, sorry, this um, this episode on that note. I pray that it blessed you. I pray that it blessed you. Um, come back next week. I, next week is an interesting spin of faith um, from the standpoint of Joseph, not Joseph um, that was in um, Genesis that ended up being in charge of <coughs> excuse me, Egypt, but Joseph, Jesus' stepfather. Um, I God gave me this while wow, about a month and a half ago, and I figured it would be a good a good way to talk about faith and to talk about fatherhood all in one, which is why it's coming out next week, which is the Friday before Father's Day. And so I pray that it will, you've got to come back. It blessed me when it, when God gave it to me. I promise you it'll bless you. Um, so I love y'all. Have a good week. God bless. Peace.